Let me ask you a question. Do you think spinsters are born or are they made? Do you think there is just something deep down inside you that determines your need for a relationship? Or do your experiences shape your perspective on spinsterhood? For me, I can safely say that it was both. Yeah, I was trying to slot myself into being a relationship person because I thought that's just what you do with your life. But I can also safely say that my experiences dating have made me the spinster I am today. And this is the Spinster Life Podcast, the podcast that will never send you unsolicited dick pics. I'm your host, Amy, and I'm a recovering dataholic. When I started the spinster life, something flipped inside me. I wasn't always someone who loved being single. For most of my adult life, my single status was something I tried to hide, something I was deeply ashamed of and tried to fix by putting myself out there. You know that dating advice, date like it's a second job? I actually dated like it was my first job. I committed myself to meeting new men. I had quotas I tried to reach. I asked for feedback when dates didn't go any further. I really took that advice to heart, and I took dating very seriously. But dating like that took its toll on me. For almost a decade, I'd held the unenviable part-time position of available single girl. And after around 300 first dates, it was time for me to retire. Did I really go on exactly 300 first dates? No, that number is a rough estimate, and honestly, the number is probably higher. It's actually not too ridiculous when you divide the 300 dates up over the span of 10 years, about 30 dates per year. I've earned spinsterhood by battling it out in the dating trenches. I earned the right to get off the apps, which hooked me with a gambler's high. Well, this swipe was a dud, but the next one will be a winner. I can feel it. I earned the right to stop spending my time on awkward drinks and dinners that went nowhere and start spending time on myself. When I stopped dating, I had so much hatred and vitriol for the person that I had been in the past. But that old me, the dating me, that's still me. And I haven't been able to reconcile these two versions of myself, the very available woman and the very independent woman. Until now, that is. In 2023, I'll be looking back at 10 years of ups and downs, swipes, sexts, drinks, dinners, first kisses, and the occasional kerfuffle. All those dates made me want to stop dating, but maybe even more importantly, they made me evaluate what being single can give me. So every week this year, I'll be reflecting back on a dating experience and what it taught me about myself and relationships in order to love every version of myself, even the ones that I've left behind. So what is this project? A mostly written recollection of 52 of the most memorable, both good memorable and bad memorable dates that I went on between the years of 2009 and 2019. I'm focusing on that particular decade of my life because those are the years that I was really in it. The years that I made it my goal to find a husband and made dating a priority to the detriment of lots of other things in my life. These aren't your usual dating stories of see what kind of nightmare people are out there in the world or even men are trash. I mean, okay, there will be some of that because when you go on a lot of dates, you will eventually meet someone who is a complete nightmare or complete trash. And even 10 years later, you will be shocked that there are people like this out in the world. But you'll also find thoughtful examinations of my own less than stellar behavior, tales of self-discovery and lessons I learned along the way. A lot of it will be funny, even. So if you want to follow along, I'll be publishing my musings on my Substack newsletter, The Spinster Life. Every Friday, you'll get a new microblog or macro blog post in your inbox. And if you sign up, you'll also be the first to know about new podcast episodes like this one. You can sign up at thespinsterlife.substack.com. 
Why is this project? Since embracing the spinster life, the only thing I have flirted with is the idea of dating again. But I still haven't gotten back out there. And why not? I'm hot. I'm very good at going on first dates because I've put in my 10,000 hours. I can't even blame the pandemic for keeping me out of the dating pool. I know, I know, it's not over, but I'm as vaxxed as can be and live in a city with good weather and lots of outdoor opportunities to meet new people. The risk of getting COVID from a date seems small enough and manageable enough that I, I really can't factor that into my decision not to date. So what's really behind my reticence? That's what I want to find out, because I think at least part of the answer lies in what happened before. I never really unpacked my prior life of dating. By the last date I went on, I was so traumatized that I just shut down and never really looked back. So I've never been able to fully appreciate what that taught me about myself. To create better content about being single, I need to examine who I was when I dated. Here's a little preview excerpt of the first installment all about my very first date from this phase of my life, which was not my first date ever, just to be clear. I wasn't a complete dating novice, but I did make so, so many mistakes. This was the iron age of internet dating, way before the zenith of Tinder. People had been doing it for a while, but meeting your significant other on a dating website was still something you kept under wraps. Match.com was the best option in town, where people who were serious about relationships went to find other relationship-minded people. And that's where I met Trevor. All names changed for privacy, but also because it's been a long time since I've thought about some of these men and I don't remember their names. We hit it off virtually, meaning he complimented me on my appearance and I liked the flattery. I thought his pictures looked kind of cute and that we might have some things in common. So we agreed to meet and he planned out a whole evening of fun for us. Mistake number one, agreeing to a whole evening of fun. It's a classic rookie mistake. It had never even entered my mind that maybe I wouldn't even enjoy the first destination, let alone the second. The first destination was dinner, which was fine, but unremarkable. I was able to make it through without throwing anything. The second destination was a comedy club. Based on dinner, I really didn't want to go, but the people pleaser and cool girl in me didn't want to seem like I couldn't hang. So we went, and I got into his car once again. Because the second mistake I had made was getting into a stranger's car. When he suggested picking me up, I had my reservations, but I also thought that it was sweet, gallant, old-fashioned in a charming way. Plus, it meant that I wouldn't have to worry about parking. But it turns out that not having a good way to take myself home was worse than trying to find parking in LA. This was in the days before Uber, so getting a ride wasn't as easy as picking up my phone and pressing a few buttons. It never even entered my mind that I might want to leave the date early. After all, I must like this guy because, I mean, we watched the same TV show. As soon as I set foot in his car, I realized that I did indeed want to leave the date early. If you want to find out how that date went, head on over to Substack and sign up for the newsletter, thespinsterlife.substack.com. You'll also find all past podcast episodes there, or you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Have thoughts about living the spinster life? I want to hear from you. You can always send me an email, spinsterlifepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at livingthespinsterlife or go to the website, spinsterlife.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time.